Welcome to The Application, the go-to, how-to podcast for higher education marketers. I'm your host, Allison Tercio, Assistant Vice President of Enrollment and Marketing at Siena College. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, this podcast is packed with practical tips and actionable advice to help you elevate your marketing game. In each snackable episode, we bring in experts to share their insights and experience on the topics that matter most to you. Got a question or idea you'd like us to cover? Email team at enrollify.org or reach out to me on Twitter or LinkedIn. The application is part of the Enrollify Podcast Network. And if you like this show, you'll definitely want to check out our other higher ed focused podcasts on admissions, tech, marketing, and more. They're packed with stories, ideas, and tools to help you be the best in your field. All right, it's time for the show. In this episode, we're going to talk about how higher ed marketers can market their brands when their school isn't a quote-unquote name brand. Joining me is Peter George, the CEO of Ed Marketing Agency, a branding and digital agency for higher ed. Peter is a 30-plus year veteran marketer with 28 years at the helm of a major award-winning Canadian marketing firm. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Peter. It's my pleasure. You, when you say it, uh, 30 years sounds like an awfully long time, but uh, thank you for that very kind <laughs> introduction. Yeah, no problem. Let's jump right in here. Let's start with this whole idea of a name brand. How do you define what a name brand is in higher ed? Well, one of the terms that we use in uh, marketing research is unaided recall. So a name brand is where you would ask somebody, can you name a, a university in California? So chances are people are going to say UCLA or Stanford. Um, But if I asked you, can you name a university in Saskatchewan, Canada, you probably would struggle to name one. But uh, so unaided recall tells you that you've got a name brand. If people can broadly remember your name and remember what you stand for. So whether it's excellence in a specific area of education or just a a great credential in general, uh, those are the name brands. And there are several of them in the United States. I mean, the United States broadcasts uh, major sporting events, mostly football for many, many mm-hmm. uh, large institutions. And so often, you know, many people will know of a school because of their football team or because, you know, uh, South Carolina has Michael Jordan and they've won many of the final four tournaments. So people know that they may know less about the school itself, but they know about the athletic programs. So just knowing something of quality about the school that gives you a good name brand with good brand recall unaided. So that's kind of where that means. And what makes building brand awareness so difficult for the institutions that aren't those name brands? Well, I mean, we'll talk about this because um, those are what we call challenger brands. And they're they're often struggling for recognition. Many of the smaller institutions or the less well-known institutions might have many areas of excellence, but they struggle to build awareness of those areas of excellence. And so... Partly the partly the thing is is budget, you know, but budget to market yourself and to be, make more people aware of your offering and aware of what your school does and what they're great at uh, takes a lot of money, takes a lot of people to 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 really make a splash. And many of these uh, smaller institutions are are mostly set up to serve their communities. They're they're there to be part of the community in terms of contributing economically, in terms of being an education uh, uh, facility for the people that live in the region. 
Um, and so they don't have a ton of budget to really build brand awareness beyond their immediate community and their immediate uh, stakeholders. Yeah, and I think it's important to point out that most of us fall into this category. Most of us working in higher ed marketing are working at a challenger brand. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think that that's true, you know, and I, I met several people at the at the conference I was at in November, the AMA conference, and they're all sharing the same kinds of stories. You know, even people who are in name brand schools are are, are struggling as, as higher ed marketers to get the budget they need to do really do their job well. And it's 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 an interesting problem that you all face. Yeah, I always think when it comes to budget, it's really funny because you could go and compare yourself to what other colleges and universities are spending. But the truth is, is that when we're competing, especially for when it comes to advertising dollars, we are competing not just with colleges and universities. I mean, is yeah. there there's almost no brand out there that doesn't want teenagers to have yeah, eyes yeah. on their brand because they want to really have that recognition early on, right? So it's really hard for us to compete budget-wise um, against Netflix, let's say. Yeah, yeah, you're competing against all the other advertisers for attention. But luckily, in the case of higher education, there is a significant segment of the population that wants what you're selling. There's a significant uh, amount of people who want to go to university, who want to get educated, who want a future that's based on learning so that they can make more money, have great jobs, have great careers and build, build a terrific life. So not every product can say that. Uh, and so I think that it's something that people want. So you need to get in their choice set and getting into that choice set takes them to be needs them to be aware of you. So and, and aware also that um, the quality of your education will help them achieve their goals. Because a lot of people live in smaller communities where there is a university, but they want to go away to a name brand school because they want that credential. They want that those mm -hmm. letters of the, the, the university that they attended on their business card or, or you know, in, in their profile on LinkedIn. I think all those things are important to a lot of people. So, so to me, you are competing with people in your own community. You are competing with people who may want to go away to university because you want some of the best and brightest to stay, at least for their undergrad, in your community. It's so interesting you're bringing up that choosing a college, it's really an extension of their exp expression of a self, mm -hmm. right? And their yeah. actualization of where they want to be as a person. So it can be yeah. really, to use a redundant word on this podcast, challenging for those challenger brands um, when you're competing with those name brands. Yeah, it is. And, and so you have to find a way to do it. You have to figure out ways that are going to be affordable for your school and that are still going to make an impact. And so to me, that comes down to telling a great story about what you have to offer. So what are some of the opportunities that challenger brands, challenger higher education institutions should be looking at and looking into? Um, well, there's, there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can do it. I think the first thing to do is to understand what would be the best way to make you stand out and to differentiate yourself from other institutions. Challenger brands usually differentiate themselves by showing what their school delivers. And this is a challenge because their school delivers so much. Like if you think about your, your undergrad population, they're looking for a whole bunch of different avenues of education. And so you kind of have to be every, everything to everybody in your community. So you, you probably have a faculty of arts and sciences. You probably have a, an education uh, faculty. You probably have sciences. You've probably got... Um, you know, sciences would help with pre-med. You've probably got a whole bunch of faculties that are designed to serve the needs of your community. And so when you start to market, you can't leave anybody out, right? When you start to build your brand or you start to promote your school, you can't leave anybody out. So what that does is that just makes you look 
unspectacular. It makes you look, you know, unexciting because you, you can't invest in any one image. And that's really the problem. That's what the, that's the challenge that, that higher ed marketers face is how do we stand out when we've got so many stakeholders to keep happy and only a limited amount of budget and time and human resources to do that? It's probably the major challenge that uh, people in your, in your position face. It's really hard to stand out when you're trying to appeal to everybody. So we've talked a little bit about before this about location and how sometimes colleges can use their location as a horizontal differentiation opportunity. How does that work? We've seen this happen a few different times. Um, it's, it's something that we, we often tend to focus on uh, uh, when we're branding for, for smaller, smaller institutions. So location can be a big part of your brand, but it's not so much just the location. I mean, unless you're in a beautiful location. You know, we've got a, a university in Canada in, in Vancouver, British Columbia, which is probably one of the most beautiful places in the world. And their whole their whole brand is based on the they're there by the ocean and they're there by the mountains. <laughs> yes. and, and all, you know, and it's I think so of they, I think of Pepperdine. It's in Malibu. I yeah, mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hard to absolutely. beat that. <laughs> yeah, Stanford, beautiful campus. Yeah. And, you know, so, yeah, it's really hard to beat that kind of thing. But then you've got places like North Dakota, Minnesota, that are much less spectacular. So how are they going to build a, build their location into their brand? And it's not so much about the location itself. It's about the way the location has shaped the character of the people that live there. Um, and the way, uh, the way that the, the location has influenced the way the society has grown and the kinds of people that are drawn to that location. A brand that we built for the University of Manitoba several years ago. And that's Manitoba is... Uh, for many of your listeners who might not be familiar with Canada, Manitoba is neighbors to North Dakota, and we're further north than North Dakota. Um, so not a, not a lot further. It's about an hour drive for me to get to Grand Forks, North Dakota from here, uh, which, you know, we love to do to go shopping. But uh, that's another story completely. So I'll focus on the topic at hand. Um, so, yeah, so we, we built a brand for the University of Manitoba, and we did research nationally to try and figure out what people who lived in other parts of Canada and other parts of the world thought about the University of Manitoba. What was their brand perception? And we identified that with both students, parents, prospective students, their parents, prospective faculty and researchers, that the only thing they knew about the University of Manitoba was what they knew about Manitoba, that it was cold and it was flat and we had brutal winters. Time for a pop quiz. What keywords does your website rank for? What doesn't it rank for that you think it should? What are a few opportunities you could be winning on if you just tweet some website copy on your .edu? Okay, how'd you do? Not great, that's okay, because our friends at DD Agency want to answer all of those questions for you and then some. DD Agency is a higher ed specific marketing technology agency that has conducted countless SEO audits for colleges and universities across the country. In these audits, they detail where you currently rank, what you could be ranking for, exactly how copies should be tweaked on web pages, and much more. If this sounds like something you could benefit from, give those folks a ping and be sure to mention that Enrollify sent you to claim a 10% discount on any of their SEO offerings. Head on over to enrollify.org slash DDASEO or simply follow the link in the show notes below that will guarantee you get a 10% discount off your audit. 
head on over to enrollify.org slash DDASEO to learn more. Rather than fight that, we, we did a lot of thinking about it and we decided to embrace that. And we built this mm-hmm. we built this brand based on the notion of where you are shapes who you are. And you can you can do that with any uh, any institution. You know, where you are shapes who you are. It's a, it's a strategy to sort of say, look, what about us is, is special and has been influenced by the place where our university is? And the, we hit on this, uh, this notion that to survive in a fairly remote, fairly cold place, you have to build a really resilient community. You have to build a community where people come together to do things. You have to build a community where everyone contributes and everybody's got a chance to rise. That led to a 10-year campaign that was really designed to set the table for a fund development campaign, what we call the Trailblazer campaign, because we identified that to be successful here, you've got to be a trailblazer, you've got to be an innovator. We developed a series of words around these qualities that we feel the people here have, um, and it was very effective. It resonated extremely well uh, with the faculty and with the uh, students and also with the community and the alumni. The alumni loved it. I love that idea about exploring how where you are shapes who you are. Are there any other opportunities that challenger brands should look to? We like to use the metaphor of boulders, rocks, and pebbles. So when you're when you're working in a smaller institution, um, and usually the marketing department is very small, um, you know, sometimes sometimes five people, sometimes two or three, uh, sometimes more. Um, and usually your budget is limited. And budget is, isn't everything, but it is an, it is an important uh, aspect of, of marketing. So boulders are your great stories. Your boulders are your big stories, the things that you are really excellent at in your institution. So it could be performing arts. It could be fine arts. It could be, uh, it could be science. It could be liberal arts, as long as you're really offering an outstanding student experience in that particular area. And that's where you put the bulk of your investment, which means that a whole bunch of people get left out, at least, at least initially. And it's, you, in order to do that, you, you have to be able to take the risk. You have to be brave because it's kind of makes people sort of fearful. Well, we can't leave out this school and we can't leave out this faculty and we can't leave out this program in our marketing. And you don't, but you, you invest your money in the things that you can best stand out at, right? So for example, it, it could be athletics. Many schools hang their hat on their athletic programs, on their kinesiology programs. It could be some kind of research. There's a couple of institutions that I'm aware of in uh, in Canada who focus specifically on Arctic research because, you know, the Arctic is part of our country. And so climate Ar- Arctic climate change is one of the huge bellwethers of, of climate change around the world. And so we've, there's a lot of universities in Canada and in other northern, northern areas in, in Europe as well and in the United States focusing on cl- Arctic climate change. And so they build their brand around the story of the Arctic. You know, the Arctic's kind of exotic. It's a great place to tell a story. You can show your researchers, your, your grad students on the ice in the Arctic. And it's a really compelling story for donors. And it's a really compelling story uh, for, for young people who are interested in what's happening with the world. Now, they might not all want to be Arctic researchers, but the fact that there's an institution who's trying to make this kind of change, I think is a really resonant and compelling story. And it's a great place to start to get people's attention. Um, every, every, every university markets the student experience. Every university website's got young people having a great time on campus, beautiful trees. You know, it's always shot in the fall when the trees are turning color. 
And, you know, there's all these cliches in university marketing and um, you're all delivering pretty much exactly the same thing to, to your customers. We like to think of them as customers because we're in advertising. Often academics roll their eyes in, back in their head when they hear me talk about treating students as customers. And they're not really customers, but that's a completely different podcast top topic. For the purposes of advertising marketing, though, they are consumers and customers just like everything else. Consumers is a better is probably a better word, but they are consumers. Um, so, but it's really hard to differentiate yourself when pretty much everybody does the same thing. Uh, and most higher end marketers I've talked to f- feel this way as well. So they're all looking for for a way to be different, a way to say the same thing but say it differently. Um, and uh, it's a real challenge. Okay, so the first step is you got to gather your courage, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, you have to get you have to gather your courage, but even more importantly, Allison, you have to convince um, the administration and the leadership of the university to do to do it. You have you have to be a very persuasive person. I think that's one of the key skills I've I've seen in successful higher ed marketers is they learn how to manage up. You know, they learn how to manage whether it's the, the VP external or the president uh, themselves. You learn how to manage up so that you can build a case for doing this um, and that you can uh, persuade them that there's ROI in doing this. So you have to get good at sort of understanding how to predict ROI from these kind of efforts. And ROI on branding is difficult for any organization. When you're building brand awareness, um, you know, you're not looking for clicks. You're not looking for people to spend dollars. You're getting your story out there. But it's still part of the marketing funnel. So the, the brand awareness builds the awareness and starts people into your marketing funnel where you can start to convert them into uh, potential students or potential faculty or whatever your object or potential donors. Also an important uh, audience to consider. You've shared a couple examples already. Are there any other challenger brands in higher ed that are just really doing this well? Examples that we can all go look to and, and kind of look under the hood and think, how are they doing this? Well, you know they're 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 difficult to find. Um, certainly, Which says uh, something, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know why though. I mean, it's an interesting thing. So I, I went to I went to a presentation at, at uh, the AMA where um, the vice president of marketing, I think it was the University of Montana at Missoula, did a great presentation on their rebrand, and they they went they leaned into it really heavily. They leaned into Western culture. They leaned into their location and they did a really, really great job of it. And uh, they had, she had some great examples of things that they'd done, videos and some brochures and other things that they had done that, that really looked fantastic. But it's very, very difficult to distill that down into what your most important marketing tool is, which is your website, right? Because on your website, you still have to be everything to all people. And so it's it's a little bit diluted on the website, but they really leaned into it. And I was very impressed with the presentation and the story that she told about how they came to leverage their place into their school. So it was a, a great story. I'd encourage you to take a look at it and uh, maybe even reach out to, uh, to the vice president there if you want to hear a great story about how they did that. We've already mentioned some challenges that we should expect to face if we're going to take on this work, right? Which... One is going to be buy-in. And so we really have to be really persuasive. Are there any other challenges that come to mind that if we're going to, if we're going to try to move the needle on brand awareness, even though we don't have a strong name brand, you know, what are those challenges to recognize up front? 
Well, I, I think I was kind of alluding to this. You have to build a really collaborative ecosystem within your institution so that people um, are eager to, uh, to brand and are eager to do it and eager to invest it. A lot of schools that we've worked with have really um, dispersed marketing budgets. You know, each faculty might have a marketing person or a communications person that's responsible for the social media. And so they tell different types of stories and different focuses all across the institution. And in some cases, some of these faculties are actually, they have their own brand that's completely separate from the university brand. Um, now that works in big schools, you know, you can have a, a school, law school or business, but it's really, it's really not a great idea in some of the smaller uh, institutions that we work with. Um, and you've got to keep a lot of people happy, right? So your donors have to have their names on buildings and, and all that kind of stuff. So, but you need to build a collaborative ecosystem where people believe in what you're trying to do in terms of building brand awareness, or they won't want to invest any money in it. And they have to do it together. You have to sort of not co-opt, but gather as much of the budget that's being spent on marketing and say, here's how we're going to do it as a team, because if we work as a team, we will make our, our institution much more successful. Um, we found a great place to do that. A great way to do that is to develop a compelling brand story that sort of is inclusive, but exciting and focused because it's one thing to go into them and say, Hey, um, we want your money or we want your marketing to, to adopt our brand that we're going to come up with. But if you go in there with a great story that you've already developed, that's compelling, exciting and inspiring, then people tend to want to be part of something that they think is going to be great. So that's, that's a little uh, um, strategy that we use. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is you have to uh, make choices. And we talked, I talked about these, this notion of boulders, uh, rocks and pebbles. You have to make choices and leave some things out of some levels of your marketing. So, you know, your boulders are your big, important stories. Your rocks are your secondary study stories. They could be a research success story. It could be a faculty story. It could be a, a, an alumni story, a successful alumni story or an, out, uh, an outstanding alumni story. And your pebbles are all the other things that everybody else is saying. So the student experience, the fact that you've got a beautiful campus, the fact that, um, uh, you know, you're, you've got bursaries and, and, uh, and, uh, scholarships for people to, to attend the school. So you need to structure your advertising really, really, your marketing really, really careful and focus on the big stories, at least at first, and then bring in the other ones. So that's kind of a, a tactical strategy around, around uh, marketing. And it's, it's also important to consider that this is going to scare people. Right. So yeah. if, if you're, if you're going to make this, kind of, it's change. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to make this kind of change in an organization, you're going to have detractors and resistors. Um, and so uh, you have to just understand that and, and be empath empathetic about it. Empathetic? You have to be empathetic about it yeah. um, and, and really understand how to help people move into change. Marketing and branding, rebranding in particular, is a real change management uh, program. It's change management. And you have to follow change manage management methodology. You have to define what the need is. You have to create a sense of urgency to make this change. Um, and, uh, uh, you have, it's, it's difficult to do. Often we get in, we get brought in, in specific, uh, instances to do that, to sort of do some research, show what the problem is and create the impetus for change. And uh, a lot of times you can do that internally if you've got the right people on board and if you've got the right sponsor, uh, in the, uh, administration to make that happen. 
I really like the metaphor you have of the boulders and the rocks and the stones because I think it's flipped from what we normally do, right? We normally start with the generic and Mm -hmm. then hope to bring people in and then start telling them about the things that are really specific to our institution or really special about our institution. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, my, my feeling is, and this is validated by research that I've seen over the years, is that people know what a university or a college does, you know, and, and they know that there's a level of, of excellence or a level of learning that they're going to get at any institution. And so it's, it's almost taken for granted, right? So, um, but we kind of gravitate towards those things as marketers because we can do them quickly and people will see that we're doing these things. So it's activity, um, which is important. Um, but I think it's leaving out a really important piece of the puzzle is what's the story about your school that you want people to remember? If you don't have a famous alumni, if you don't have a great sports program, if you're um, not recognized uh, for who you are, how do you, how do you start that ball rolling? It's really important to, to think about it strategically. Well, that's a great segue. It's like you knew you needed to set up my last question. <laughs> what is the very first step our listeners should take after they finish this podcast? Like, let's give them some homework. One little step to take. Uh, one little step to take. Well, can we have three? Sure. <laughs> okay. You guys like homework, right? We like giving people homework. Look around and see if you can find brand methodology tools that would work for your institution, right? Really understand it. Maybe you've gone through a branding process if you're a marketer. Most people go through, uh, go through them once or twice in their career. It's not often, you know, and, and we're lucky we get to do it all the time. It's actually a really interesting part of the, part of the work. And there's, there's different methodologies and they don't all work for everybody. But uh, we've gonna, we're going to put a, a PDF on our website that you can download or that your, your listeners can download, just demonstrating what we use as common brand building tools for, for universities and colleges. Um, and it starts with trying to define what your brand essence is. So you need to look for commonality, common insights between your audiences, between the education sector, and between your own brand and where the, that Venn diagram meets is your brand essence. And that's going to have to be the core of how you tell your story. And to me, that's almost the most useful tool in brand building. It's the start of it. It's defining that essence. Um, And again, going back to my first example, the University of Manitoba, we did that exercise and we are through that exercise, we arrived at where we are shapes who we are. And that's, that's how we got to that simple little phrase that shaped a 10 year campaign. Um, And you can do it yourself. I'd love you to hire me to do it, but you can do it yourself <laughs> because you know your school. You know you know you know your people. Um, uh, sometimes it does help to bring someone else to take a, in to take a look from the outside because sometimes you miss the forest for the trees, so to speak. Um, but that's that's one thing that I would say to people that that's where you should start is really try and figure out what your brand essence is. What's the core of your brand? The core of the story that you want to tell, um, and uh, take it from there. Peter, thank you so much for joining me and also for providing that link to help everybody with those brand building tools. I'll make sure to include that in the podcast notes so everyone can go right to the website and check out that resource. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. If you found this information valuable, please subscribe to the podcast and share this episode with a friend or colleague who might also find it useful. Thanks again, Peter. Thank you very much, Allison. It was a pleasure. 
Hey, y'all, Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify Podcast Network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcasts.enrollify.org.